I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig. That was some outstanding stuff. Whatever, Kevin. You sound like a real nerd. Joining us as always. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. All right, it is another edition of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, the Channel Partners podcast. I am executive editor Craig Galbraith, alongside the greatest podcast co-host I've ever had. Our business development lead, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? You know, it's awesome that I'm number one of one, Craig, so I'm doing great. I think I detect uh, some number 41 by uh, one of my college faves, Dave Matthews Band, in the background. That must mean it's our 41st edition here, Craig. Indeed, indeed. And it's not always easy to find a piece of music that matches up with the number of podcasts we've had, but uh, we're hanging in there so far. For sure. I mean, considering we've had 41, that certainly is a long time uh, that we've been working together here. Uh, speaking of which, I don't know how you've put up with me as your podcast co-host for this long. When you used to be a respected anchor of the local evening news, Craig, I just found out. That's right, Kevin. I've definitely dumbed down my expectations by doing this podcast with you. I just had to even up the compliment I gave you earlier. <laughs> Understood there. Well, I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm actually jealous of you now, as being a news anchor is something that I've always aspired to do. Well, Kevin, buddy, today is your lucky day. What? Hello, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Evening News right here on WNBC. No, it's WCCK. I'm Craig Galbraith. And I'm Kevin Morris. Getting right to the headlines, Kevin. Channel Futures, in coordination with Channel Partners, recently released the 2018 edition of the industry's most comprehensive list and ranking of leading-edge managed service providers. We call it the MSP 501. That's right, Craig. And a select group of these 501 MSPs will be honored for their excellence in delivering managed services at the inaugural MSP 501 Awards Dinner hosted at Channel Partners Evolution. It's Evolution, baby. In Philadelphia, October 9th to the 12th. Had to break form on the newscast vibe there to get in the Evolution sound effect. Hope that's okay, buddy. It is. The dinner will be held the evening of October 10th with hundreds of MSPs in attendance. We're going to take you live to Philly now with field reporter Kelvin Morse. With more on this evolving story, Kelvin. I'm on the sidewalk over here. Probably taking some driver's ed, pal. Oh, we're live? Uh, thank you, Craig. I'm standing here in front of the Philadelphia Convention Center where right now there are three random events going on behind me, but no one cares because the buzz on the street is all about Channel Partners Evolution's arrival in October. Hold on, here's someone walking by us just now. Let's see if we can get a quick sound bite. Excuse me, excuse me, sir? Yeah, we're live on WCCK, and I just wanted to ask you if you're excited about Channel Partners Evolution coming here in just a few short months. Channel Revolution, huh? I've absolutely no idea what you're talking about, sir. I'm just trying to get the pats for a cheesesteak. Thank you, sir. I'm shocked you don't know what Channel Partners Evolution is. It's only the largest event in the channel in the latter half of the year. Well, Craig, obviously he's not involved with the channel, but the buzz out here really is palpable, and we're looking forward to seeing it grow as October draws nearer. Kelvin Morse, WCCK. Thanks, Kelvin. I'm more of a Tony Luke's guy myself, but to each their own. Let's get your first check of the weather and bring in sunny disposition. Sunny, 
How are things shaping up today and into next quarter? Hey, Greg, great to be here as always. For partners that found their product or service niche in either communications or IT, the weather has been clear for quite some time, as we all know, and remains warm and sunny through today. Looking ahead, though, it appears there are several storms brewing with heavy doses of rain in the forecast for partners who don't begin to diversify their solution portfolio and continue to bring new value to their end-user client businesses. Get your umbrellas ready, folks. Let's kick it over to Ed Driver for your traffic update. Thank you. Every lane is a fast lane for partners that are evolving their businesses and adapting to digital services and or migrating to communication services. If you have the TA pass, that's the Trusted Advisor pass, there are no tolls out there today, only new revenue streams. That's it for me. See you on the highway to success. Back to you, Kevin. Love me some open roads, Ed. Speaking of success, Craig, I understand that we have someone here in the studio with us that just came off another successful partner event of their own last week. And I guess now that means it's time for our first Let's Chat Live segment. All right, Kevin. So that was a little fun news segment there. Reminds me of nothing when it comes to my old news days. Uh, that was pretty much uh, an abomination, if you ask me. <laughs> well, it was fun for me, Craig. <laughs> All right, you referenced the interview. Really happy to have our first guest on the show today. He is Mr. Rob Ray, Vice President of Business Development with Data. Rob, how you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you know, we play little musical intros uh, for some of our guests. And this one might be a bit of a stretch, but we brought up uh, B.O.B., you know, he refers to himself as AKA Bobby Gray. Uh, sometimes some airplanes, you know the song, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. It's a little bit of a throwback, I got to admit that. It's been a while since I've heard that one. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Are you, in fact, the Bobby Ray? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I definitely don't proclaim to be, that's for sure. There's actually, a, I'm originally from uh, Toronto, and in Canada, there's a politician by the same name as me. Uh, he's not a very well-liked politician, so I tend to, when I go back to Canada, I always ask, you know, I always get that, are you related to that guy? And then in the northern part of the States, there's a hockey player by the same name, so then all of a sudden it's like, are you related to that guy? So you go from like one extreme where it's like this weird politician, no, 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 and then the hockey player, it's like, oh yeah, absolutely, we're best buds. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of Rob Rays out there, believe it or not. Well, hey, Rob, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, DatoCon just coming off that here in this past week. It was the first DatoCon, in fact, since Dato and Autotask merged last fall. What was your message for partners at the event regarding that? And do you think you were able to effectively answer their questions about the merger? Yeah, it was a unique challenge. I got to admit, like I've been running, I've been running DatoCon. I joined Dato five years ago. We had our first one back in 2013. And I think we had like a total of like 168 people at our first event in, in DC. Uh, you know, so fast forward to, you know, five, six years later, six data cons later, it's been, uh, it's been a wild ride and especially the growth that we've actually seen, um, and the thirst for that MSP knowledge. So then you take, uh, Autotask Community Live, which has been around since like 09. This was going to be like their 10th anniversary of, of ACL and trying to take a, you know, a conference that was focused around the Autotask product and then a conference focused around the data product and put the two together and make everybody happy. It was like, it was like quite a challenge. It was, it was very much a challenge because there were completely different focuses, but we focused on and, and kind of, and kind of really narrowed in on what, what commonalities did we have? And that's managed service providers. And that's where, you know, we brought the MSPs together. We gave them as much content, tracks and all that stuff that we could. And we're getting and, and starting to receive the post conference surveys back, but over, overwhelmingly positive so far. But, you know, our big sensitivity was for those that are auto task 
folks that do not use Datto legacy products, we've got to make sure that they get the same ACL experience or better and vice versa for the folks that use Datto and not Autotask. So it was really important for us to be able to execute on that. And then based on the post-survey results, I'm, I'm going to say that we actually did a pretty good job. Rob, if you could uh, just expand on the merger a little bit for our audience, what kinds of opportunities does the Datto and Autotask combo now uh, mean for partners? This is a really, really cool thing. And I, I've kind of spent the first half of the year, because we announced the, uh, the actual merger back in December of, of 17. And I spent the first half of the year traveling around the world talking to our, our existing partners about what this actually means. Because a lot of times when you see mergers or acquisitions or private equity or VC coming in, especially in, in the MSP space, it tends to ruin things. And, and I say that because you look at some of the wonderful technologies that used to service the MSPs and the SMB space, and then all of a sudden they get snatched up by a multi-billion dollar organization, and now all of a sudden they've lost their channel focus, they've lost their individual touches, you know, that small business feel, they've gone up market, they've gone direct end user. You know, so it's super important that we got that message out that that isn't what this is. I'm going to suggest, and, and we're starting to see a lot of this movement, private equity money is starting to float around in the MSP space, we're starting to see a ton of mergers and acquisitions in the SMB space, but it's not a play to get bigger and go up market. It's a play to actually get bigger, but continue to focus on SMB. And that's what our, our kind of message has been. That's what I've been kind of trying to get out to, to our base is we're not going away. We're, if anything, this is a, it's a real positive sign. And what's happened is large investors and, and, and larger vendors start to recognize that SMB companies and users are outsourcing IT. And it's it's something that's just normal. It's something that's standard. It's something that's that there, there's still a huge growth potential in. So there's now a, a focus on it more so than ever before. And that outsourcing is happening and going to managed service providers. And uh, that's kind of been the sweet spot for Datto. It's been a sweet spot for Autotask and for a private equity company to come in, put the two together and say, continue this, but do it faster and do it bigger and really leverage that SMB market. You know, that's, that for us has been the exciting part. And that's, that's basically what I've been talking about for the first six months of this leading up to Datacon. So, Rob, aside from Autotask and M&A and so forth, what was maybe one or two uh, Datto-specific takeaways uh, partners got from the event? So for us, it's super important that every Datacon, and we do two a year, uh, we do one in the United States and then we do one in Europe, that people are seeing innovation, right? And, and that's kind of where we've been birthed out of. And it really starts actually with the foundations of our organization, the CEO and the guy driving everything here. He's an engineer. He's a tinkerer. He's not a sales and marketing guy. So for him, creating awesome technology is super important. What we want our partners to see coming in there is we're moving the ball forward. And we're moving the ball forward through innovation, through speed, through ease of use, through single pane of glass, through better support, better product, more features and functionality without increasing prices. And that's exactly, I think, what we've done. And, you know, we, we announced some things that we're working on that are in beta, uh, showed them a little bit of the roadmap. We showed them some hardening of the existing products that we've got, as well as some existing features. I'll give you a perfect example. We got into networking about two years ago. We launched some really cool stuff and showed everybody the roadmap for our networking gear. But we also announced that we're giving lifetime warranty on everything, not just what they're buying moving forward, but what they've already got in their existing fleet. So what I've done is I've just added value to you, to a product that you've already sold, something that you've already resold to a, an end user and are charging subscription for, but I've given you a new value and didn't charge you more money for it. That's kind of what 
what we do and what we try to demonstrate. And, and I think we did that in Austin last week, and we're going to do it again in Barcelona in October and do it again in San Diego in 2019 and, and continue to do those types of things. Rob, I do have to say thank you so much for your longtime support of our sister site, Channel Futures, as well as our channel partners' events over the years. Uh, this year, you're going to be a premier sponsor of the inaugural MSP 501 Awards Dinner, be hosted at Channel Partners Evolution in October in Philadelphia. What made you want to get on board that train? You know, I've o I've always been a fan. I, you know, way back to your to your MSP mentor days, I've always been a fan. To think about, you know, I've been selling into managed services now for about 15 years, if you can imagine. And you know, you think about all the people that were kind of there at the beginning, and this is one of the programs that was there right from the start. Interestingly enough, I've actually been watching a debate today because, of course, it was uh, just yesterday. I think uh, the official webinar was done for the 2018 winners or recognition. Uh, and I've been watching this debate online from MSPs that are, are trying to figure out what the value of it is. And what's funny is, is it, you know, a lot of people think it's just, oh, we're selling lists to vendors and that's all it is. It's just a ploy. But the way I positioned it, and this is where I really wanted to get involved this year, was I'm going to my partners, right, my, my data partners, and I'm going, you want to be on this list. And you want to be on this list because what it does is it helps you as a differentiator when you're going to try to sell your services. And if you can walk in and, you know, it's the, it's the old adage that if you walk in and another MSP walks in and you guys are apples to apples on everything that you offer, product price, everything like that, for you to be able to say, well, I was recognized as one of the top 500 MSPs worldwide, it's a really nice differentiator because the qualification process is real. You know, it's not one of these pay-to-play type situations where, you know, you could basically pay for any type of award or recognition. This is one of those where you really have to demonstrate that you are a legit shop. And, you know, for us, that's where it's like, you know, let's, let's really get our community rallied around this. Let's really help our partners find those differentiators because these are the little things that really make the difference at the end of a day. And, and what's funny is, is that, you know, it started out that the forum that I'm kind of watching started out really negative. And then you start seeing people going in. Yeah, but you know what? I did this and I got this as a result and I did it and I got this as a result and I got this and I got it. And people are starting to, you know, kind of really take a look at it from a different perspective, more from that sales and marketing positioning my, my business as a viable solution thing. And, and that's where, you know, I really wanted to get our community involved and through that got our organization involved. Well, and we're really excited to get those MSPs uh, together in one room for some talking of shop and uh, some networking as well. So uh, thanks again for sponsoring that. Yeah, you know, Datto also is participating in our inaugural Cybersecurity Summit. Uh, can you talk about the increasing role that MSPs play in offering security solutions to their customers? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's super cool. And we kind of started hitting on this a couple of years ago. You know, you even look at Datto's legacy product, Backup Disaster Recovery. I mean, there's nothing sexy about it. There's nothing innovative about it. There's nothing new about it. Sure, under the hood, there's we've done a ton of things to help make things better, faster, cheaper, those kinds of things, which is all what MSPs need. The key is, though, you know, cybersecurity is kind of real hot topic, hacking and ransomware and all these really cool things. I say cool, a lot of people are terrified, but a lot of these cool things are representing massive opportunity for MSPs. And what's happening is MSPs are already doing 80, 90% of what an end user needs from a security perspective. So I saw, and it was probably a couple of years ago, I saw a presentation from one of our fastest growing partners, and he said, I don't talk about backup or disaster recovery. What I say is data protection, data security. And it changes the, the mindset of what it is that they're offering. 
and the value of what it is that they're offering. Because if I tell you I'm going to protect your data, I'm going to make sure it's secure versus I'm going to back it up and recover it if I need to in case of disaster. Those are two different mindsets, two different messages, although you're utilizing the same technology to do it. And people, again, are willing to pay more for data security than they will for disaster recovery. And that's where, you know, we've been kind of repositioning ourselves. And even if you look at Datto as an organization, we've always been considered as part of the storage stack because that's what we do. We store data. But now more recently, we've actually been part of the security stack because when you look at things like GDPR and the essential aid of Australia and Castle out of Canada, backup and disaster recovery is part of the security stack. It's part of a security offering. So we've been helping our partners kind of reposition it, put, put that in there. Now, along with that comes tons of education. And that's where, you know, when you look at the cybersecurity conferences, and, and we're very proud to be part of this one, that's where the education can really come in. How do I reposition myself? Because you're already doing most of it. It's a matter of convincing your customer of the value of what it is they're paying for or getting them to pay more. Um, and a lot of times it's just repositioning what you've already got. At the same time, there's a ton of education going on around MSSP. It's a dangerous, dangerous slope. Because if you don't have the proper MSSP level CISOs and certifications and knowledge and, and those kinds of, of things, and going into a shop and talking about MSSP, that's dangerous, really, really dangerous from a liability perspective. So it's that level of there's massive opportunity. We can take it so far, but let's not take it so far that we put ourselves into jeopardy. And at that particular point, then we start having the real conversation of how do we make money at this, but also how do we protect ourselves? And, and at what point do we bring in an actual CISO to come in and help us out? And how much does that cost? And where are those resources? And what does that look like kind of ideas? So it's kind of this whole, it's new for all of us and, and trying to mitigate and find our way of what a stack should look like. And it's, it's cool times and it's education pieces like that that are going to help the market move forward with it. Rob, I really hope our audience is paying attention because there was a lot of great tips that you offered there in terms of repositioning what you already have and repackaging mm -hmm. it. You know, at the beginning, uh, you know, I thought you were talking about Craig when you said nothing sexy, nothing interesting, <laughs> nothing new about it before you mentioned disaster recovery. So we got to figure this out how to reposition on him. Oh, no. If you listen to his voice, that's pretty damn sexy. I could listen to that all night long, Craig. It, it, it's true. Thank it's you, true. You know, I often Thank say I, I made a mistake in saddling up next to the Ryan Gosling of voices. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, last but certainly not least, Rob, uh, we've been playing The Channel's Got Talent all summer long here on Coffee with Craig and Kevin. Uh, do you happen to have a hidden talent that our audience might not be aware of? All right. So uh, I've been struggling with this one. I'll be honest. I have no <laughs> shortage of words. Okay. And you say hidden talent. The problem is, I mean, I spend most of my time working. I spend most of my time out with the MSP. So there's not much hidden in my life that these guys might or might not be aware of. So I actually asked my team, which is a, a team full of millennials, and they came up with a bunch of dumb things. So my response was going to be managing millennials, but that's not, that's not, a, that's not a real hidden talent. You know what? I, I mean, I can drink a ton, but that's something, again, that we do out at channel events all the time, so that's not really a talent. 
Um, I oh, suck yeah. at singing, I suck at dancing, I wish I was better at all that stuff. One of the things I do have, and I, you know, when you start thinking about hobbies, and this is going to sound really dumb, because I'm, I'm like a city guy, I grew up in Toronto, I live in uh, Connecticut now, which is not really a country, you know, we're only 40 minutes out of New York City, but I actually have chickens, and I love my chickens, and I'm really good with my chickens, you know, I've got uh, pretty productive hens, and you know, I take very good care of them, and sounds weird but they love me dearly and i love them dearly so it's kind of like awesome. chicken whispering if that's a thing <laughs> that, that, that's whispering. awesome chicken whispering's got to shoot chicken right whispering. up to the top or close to everything that we've had uh, given to us talent wise this summer <laughs> yeah I, I mean i think it's chicken whispering and the uh make the best cheesecake that we've ever had for the win right now oh I fair enough that. Well, Rob, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, you've given us a lot of insight, not only into DattoCon, the Autotask merger, but something to look forward to coming up at Channel Partners Evolution as well. Thanks again to Datto for your involvement, and uh, we'll catch you again down the road. Absolutely my pleasure, and yeah, you'll absolutely see us out there for, for sure, and we're looking forward to it. As always, Craig, outstanding information from our live industry expert guests. Like FedEx, Rob from Datto really delivered the goods there. I understand we have some big news coming up in sports. Wait, 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 wait. So we had sort of an ad there that you just threw in, and now we're doing sports. Are we still running with your cheesy newscast bit? You betcha. Uh, all right. We're back with your WCCK Sports Report. I'm fleet afoot. It's been a great season for partners and the channel as a whole, as Forrester Stats and Info reports that partners in indirect channels are experiencing a higher percentage of B2B sales and wins than ever before. Every season doesn't come without a few pain points, though, and that holds true for the partner teams. Marketing and sales have been giving partners a tough time within the division, while revenue growth and portfolio expansion also continue to challenge partners as the season unfolds. However, according to WCCK sports correspondent Justice Winbaby, help is on the way in the coaching department. That's right, Fleet. In a recent announcement, new coach CP Evolution will be joining the team in October and providing much-needed education and content around marketing and technology, revenue and supplier portfolio, as well as a much-needed boost for the team on overall business strategy. Coach Evolution has a wealth of experience and a proven track record of helping teams win, so we're all looking forward to some new education and content coming our way October 9th. Justice win, baby. WCCK. Thanks, Justice. Just in case you missed our earlier segment, that's Channel Partners Evolution in Philadelphia, October 9th through the 12th. I think they got it, Craig. Speaking of helping partners win, our next guest on Let's Chat Live has been doing it and founding multiple companies that have thrived within the channel for several years now. And before we get to that guest, Kevin, I've got to say, I think you're going to win a Pulitzer in podcast shenanigans for this one. <laughs> uh, let's just hope everyone else gets it. All right, Craig, I'm very pleased to welcome in Ed Bassert, the Chief Strategy Officer and Founder of InSpeed Networks. Ed, how are you doing today? Well, thanks much. I'm glad I'm in the coffee house here this morning. <laughs> and we're very glad you're here. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, to kick things off for our audience who might not know you already, can you tell us a little about your extensive background and, and what led you to eventually found InSpeed Networks? Boil it down, but I'll skip lots of my life story here. So I started InSpeed in 2015. And before that, I was 18 years at Shortel. I was a founder there. And Shortel was an IP telephony vendor, pretty successful, was publicly traded. And it was a unified communications vendor and then later became what everyone would now call UCAS, Unified Communications as a Service. As that 
company was going its own way without me, I decided I needed to go do something. Before that, I worked at a company called Network Computing Devices that did X-Terminals. That was a graphics terminal. It was publicly traded. And before that, I was a computer designer at Hewlett Packard. And all of that is pretty much a linear path to where we are today at InSpeed. And that when I was at uh, Hewlett Packard, I was taking Stanford classes, and I took a class on networking and Ethernet in particular. And something about the fact that networking at that time was electrical and, and signals and things I didn't understand, but Ethernet was all about packets and bits, which I did understand. And I, I got very interested in that, and so the first thing I did was try to figure out how to cook what today you would call mainframes, mainframe to mainframes together with an uh, Ethernet connection. And I did that at a, my first startup called Ridge Computers. And then as time progressed, I thought, well, gee, what I'd really like to have is, in that era, we used to have these green screen character terminals. And I thought, it'd really be great if you could run a, a terminal that was what today you would call a, a workstation over Ethernet, and particularly if you could run it over a modem. <laughs> and uh, I, I did that. So, that, so that was interesting. And after that got mature, I thought, well, gee, what's the next thing? And Al Gore had invented the Internet, and people were trying to run video, recorded videos on, on the Internet and having a lot of problems. And I thought, well, that would be good. And I thought, well, gee, why not do voice as well as live videos? And that's what led me to to doing Shortel was was doing voice and and doing doing videos. And after my uh, time there, one of the the problems, and of course the problem through all of this was was networking, and uh, getting quality voice on the internet was fixed on the LAN with uh, type of service bits and LANs became very fast when they got gigabit speeds. So, so voice and video worked fine on the LAN. And but the way you got it to work on wide area networks was to buy a private connection. And particularly like the predecessors were were talking on uh, on a video conference scheme here, where in the olden days you had to buy uh, private phone lines, ISDN lines to make voice and video work. But then you could finally get regular IP lines, but they were private lines. And now as the world is going to the cloud and as the public internet has gotten much, much faster, people are trying to run voice and video on the public internet and especially in, in their businesses to go from their offices to their cloud operations. And that was a problem while we were at Shortel and that's made me decide that, well, maybe I'll go start a company and try to solve the problems of voice quality on the internet. All right, Ed, we love a good deep dive here on Coffee with Craig and Kevin. So talk a little bit about the product portfolio and maybe what partners can expect uh, when they join your partner program. The idea with the product is to make everything as simple as possible. So explain a few things about how the product works. What our president would say is we do two things. We provide network quality, we provide network visibility, and we provide security. And so the quality thing is what I was trying to solve back in, my, in my, all my previous lives. What we do, and it sounds pretty simple, is we figure out what traffic is interactive, particularly voice and interactive video, and we send that across the network first. And we're sitting on the customer's network where we can see all the bits. So we're looking at all the bits going by and say, which of these things are really important? And so we'll send those first. And these days, 
networks are even slower networks like DSL are fast enough they can do a lot of voice so in the olden days there were all kinds of problems where you were working with analog modems and the networks weren't fast enough to even hardly pass a single voice stream but but they're significantly faster today even the shared networks as they get slowed down so getting voiceover is pretty good and with video it's the voice part that counts so then all the other traffic tends to be TCP traffic, and some of it can be interactive. But the thing we're worried about is the congestion caused by all the other traffic, by your web browsing and people copying files. And so we make all that traffic behave in an orderly way and not interfere with the high-priority traffic. And that gives you the benefit that applications start working properly, too. So we give you performance for voice, video, and applications. We then try to do this all autonomously, and we have this thing we call the control center, which is a visible view into how everything is going. And you can spot a problem by looking at our, our visual interface, or you can get alerts from us that tell you you have a problem. <laughs> or when a customer complains, you can go look at our stuff and go, oh, I see the problem. And the most problem, common problem is something is wrong from the ISP's point of view. And finally, the, uh, the third thing we do, we are a very basic firewall today, and the thing we provide most simply is because we come from a background where people are trying to hook their multiple site businesses together with VPNs. And so we, we allow you to, with a single check mark, say, have this network node join the private network. So there's no manual configurations. The, that's the only uh, thing you can configure on our product is whether you want to join a private network. And then if you're a partner and want to join up, since what we do is so unusual, because in uh, networking, the only two things that have mounted, uh, accounted anything to date is if you have a problem, buy more bandwidth. If you still have a problem, hire a Cisco expert to come and try to configure your network and make it work. And we're saying you probably have enough bandwidth and don't bother with that expert. We'll just make it work for you. So that's the thing that we're providing. And so someone who becomes our reseller, it makes them look like heroes because they can provide excellent uh, network performance for voice, video, and applications. And other than having to know a bit about what InSpeed does and how to make it do it, which is uh, we do one hour of technical training and one hour of sales training, it's really pretty simple. And the idea is the, the our reseller it can make money <laughs> and look like a hero with very little effort. Making partners money and giving them <laughs> hero status, those are things the partners are going to like to hear. You know. <laughs> I'm familiar. I have to make Craig look like a hero, uh, you know, every day on this podcast. So I'm definitely familiar with that. Yeah. You know, Ed, as we've been discussing, you know, everything's being delivered over the Internet now. And, and now there's an epidemic going around that reminds me a lot of Craig's nickname in college. Could you please explain what buffer bloat is and how InSpeed is helping partners to ensure that their customers what was, what don't was suffer Craig's, the same? What was Craig's nickname? <laughs> it was buffer bloat. Actually. It was buffer bloat. <laughs> who, who knew that would come back to haunt me in my who business that, that career? Come back. Uh, what are the odds? But can you tell us a little bit about how InSpeed is helping partners to ensure that their customers don't suffer the same fate as my unfortunate co-host? Yeah, yes. What happened is really a... Uh, if you think of something as a, uh, you know, a disease that was attacked and then taken care of with antibiotics, in the middle 80s, the uh, Internet broke down completely, and it, had, and it wasn't called buffer bloat. I forgot what it was called then. And there were uh, some smart guys 
uh, internet was mainly run by academics then, and they spent a couple of years between 84 and 86 trying to figure out what the problem was, and there were two main features added to prevent the internet from getting congested, and, and that was the slow start, because what would happen is uh, every, every application, particularly TCP application, try to go get over the network as fast as possible, and so a single application would saturate the network. And then if a whole bunch of applications are trying to get going, they would all be competing and they would all get nowhere. So they made TCP do this thing called a slow start, which is I'll send a few packets and see how it's going. And then what the application does, or actually this protocol stack does, it sets uh, this TCP window size. It says, you know, how much will I send before I look for a result? That's called the TCP window size. And that was really the last performance thing that was put into the Internet, and that was completed in 1986. So we're looking at over 30 years ago. And the way the network was architected at that time was all specialized hardware, and the goal was for all equipment to run at wire speed. So that meant all the equipment along the way, when it received a packet, the idea was it would come in and leave in you know, microseconds. And as time passed, computers started to replace that specialized hardware, and all those computers have huge memories inside of them, and as people were, were developing the stacks, they said, well, gee, I tend to get overrun here and there. I'll just allocate a whole bunch of buffer space just to make sure. And what happens is now all the TCP algorithms that figure out how well things are going have been destroyed because they assumed that they were connected at wire speed from one end to the other, but now you're connected via computers, and so the algorithm, the time it learns that the packet didn't isn't getting there and gets a does not get an act back, it's up to hundreds of milliseconds or even seconds later, and so it's it's like a freeway with no lane lines and with very wide on ramps. It just all completely gets piled up, and the actual throughput goes down, and you're sitting there watching the little spinning wheel, wondering why your web page isn't loading, and that's but it became known as buffer bloat. Ed, you mentioned our fall show here a little while back, Channel Partners Evolution. We're glad InSpeed's going to be exhibiting. What are we, three months out or so? Uh, maybe you can provide partners with a little bit of a glimpse into what they can expect to see at the booth there when they're in uh, Philadelphia. You will meet real people <laughs> that work at InSpeed that are have religious fervor and will be delighted to tell you all about uh, what we do and tell you how you as a partner will essentially join our family and our goal is to make you happy and make you make money and make your customers happy and we want to make your customers happy too and you'll be able to see a live demo of the of the product working one of the things that is so unusual is that in pretty much uh, any booth, even if we're using a, you know, a, a cell phone as a hotspot, we'll put up on a screen. We can get however big a screen will display. We can show up to you know 500 and some customers, and we can see the entire one-month history of every customer and of every uh, site they have to see how it's doing, and it's color-coded in a way that it's very easy for our people at our data center to wake up in the morning or wake up in the middle of the night and at a glance you can see how every single connection is doing and how it has been doing 
and it's one click to get to a customer and a second click to get to the problem and you can see right away what the heck is going on with that network and people really love that so so what they'll be learning is you know what what is this stuff all about it sounds too simple it sounds too good to be true and we'll just show it to you right there right there in the booth and we can do things that uh, can load up a network connection and we'll show you that uh, voice and video and your applications are working just fine no matter how much you load it so we can show it to you right there and I love that last but certainly not least in keeping up with the summer's biggest show America's Got Talent we're running our own equally popular ad version called the channels got talent do you happen to have a hidden talent that our audience and even your colleagues may not know about there's two things I was thinking about this. One is, which I haven't done it very often, is I'm one of those people that can take a, a blade of grass and put it between my hands and make it make a slight whistling sound. I'm not sure <laughs> that I could play Yankee Doodle with it. But the thing that I would never take to a talent show, which has burdened me my whole life, and my wife hates it, is I have supersonic hearing. Uh, I'm not a young person anymore, but I'm still able to hear unbelievable sounds at a distance. I'll tell my wife, you know, I hear a siren, and she says, I don't hear anything. And I say, oh, I hear I hear a bird singing in the tree. She says, I don't hear a single thing. <laughs> and I go, oh, wait a minute, no, I hear, I hear the neighbor talking a couple doors away. And she says, that's impossible. You can't possibly hear that. So anyway, I can't take that to that show, but there is no, no question. I have uh, supersonic hearing, but I'm not sure how to make money on that one. Supersonic and, uh, hearing, that's like a hero status right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there! Oh, yeah! I could be one of those guys if I just had the right kind of costume and get into a, a Marvel action figure. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Well, excellent, Ed! Thank you so much for your time here today and joining us in the coffee house. It was a pleasure speaking with you and learning all the great things about InSpeed Networks. Well, thanks, Craig, and thank you, Kevin. Our pleasure. As you like to say, Kevin, even more phenomenal stuff from Ed of InSpeed Networks during our latest LCL segment. Our live guests continue to outshine us here in the newsroom. You got that right, Craig. Speaking of outshining, we've just received new, okay, recycled footage of Mama Panda sneezing and scaring the wits out of her little baby panda at her feet. And it's just absolutely adorable, Craig. Let's roll the footage. Indeed, it tugs at the heartstrings, Kevin. What a way to end this newscast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Whoa, where am I? How did I get here? Kevin, you're rolling live on the podcast we do every two weeks. Remember, we just finished your completely off-the-wall newscast shtick, essentially insulting my former profession. No, Craig, that, that can't be right. I'm a respected news anchor, not just a silly podcaster with some lame co-host. Why is this happening to me? Why? Yeah, looks like we've lost Kevin again. Anyway, be sure to check out the archives of Coffee with Craig and Kevin. On iTunes, just type in Channel Partners Online. We're also on SoundCloud, and we've got a great Twitter page, at DigiRobot. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. I can, I can really use a wish right now.